Good evening and welcome to Tuesday Night Live. Thank you for joining in from whatever part of the world that you're viewing with. I'd like to invite you into my home right here in Dallas, Texas. And also have a guest that will be joining with me in from Nashville, Tennessee. You don't want to miss one minute of the ministry time tonight. I'm telling you, the guest that I have this evening is one that is anointed of God. God has given him a revelation concerning our seed. And I have never in all of my 63 years of ministry heard anyone articulate like this man of God. And so I want you to stay tuned and you that are watching this on Facebook, why don't you immediately begin sharing this on your page because this will make you an evangelist and you can be sharing with other people the same time that we're here ministering to you. Now this is a special, special time for me because this is a friend of mine from many, many years. God has used him in a supernatural way and is still using him in a supernatural way. And we're glad to report good news that good things is happening. God is a good God. God does not take, God gives. God is not mad at anybody. God loves everybody. And I often say, God takes a nobody and makes them a somebody and puts them in front of everybody without asking anybody. So God can do things for you this evening or morning whenever you're watching. God can take you to places and bring you revelation, open your eyes and minister to you in ways that you never dreamed possible. You know, I was just a little 15-year-old kid, a redneck from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And God called me at the age of 15 years of age and said, I want you to go around the world and preach the gospel. Well, you know, I had hardly been out of Tennessee. And here I am hearing voices that God's going to take me around the world. And, and you know, later we're in prayer meetings. And, and, and I remember I'd get up and tell this in front of the, the people at the prayer meetings. And some of those ladies would come pat me on the shoulder and say, Bless your heart, son. You, you're sincere. Well, you know what? God opened the windows of heaven and took this little redneck uh, all over the world, and I'm so grateful that he has chosen to use me and bless me. And right now, while we're speaking, we're in many countries. Thank you, all of you that are viewing somewhere in the world. Thank you for being a part. We're going to pray, and I'm going to introduce my guest, because this is such, I believe, anointed. I believe this is going to be anointed. I believe it's going to be life-changing. If you can say that right now, just say, life-changing. That's good. Say it again, life-changing. Father, we come into the throne room of grace. I'm so grateful for this privilege and this opportunity that I have to be with my friend and all of the viewers that's watching us somewhere in the world, whether it's here in the United States, Canada, or the Philippines, Australia, many other countries. God, especially over in the... Um, over in, the, in Europe, God bless all of those in Eastern Europe that's watching with us. I pray 
that this will be a time that their minds will be open, their hearts will be open, they will be anointed to hear. And they won't only hear words, but they will receive the same revelation that is given to my friend. Father, I thank you that you have connected us together many, many years ago. And I have watched God, you have, you have used this man, you have anointed him to go around the world. And I believe you're going to use him right now in this ministry time. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now my guest this evening is Bishop Bishop James Payne. I don't get to talk to many bishops. You know, I tell people I'm an evangelist and pastor and sometimes I'm just an exhorter. I'm just an encourager. But James Payne, Bishop James Payne, I met a number of years ago, as I've just said, as the founder and director of James Payne Ministries in Nashville, Tennessee. And he travels in crusades throughout the United States and around the world. He's seen on daily television uh, in, in over 200 countries. Wow. His mission is to bring the body of Christ a balanced, a balanced, I like this, a balanced biblical understanding of seed time and harvest. And I want to introduce my friend, Bishop James Payne. Thank you for being here with me tonight. Thank you, uh, Pastor Don. We, we go back a long way. We both uh, raised in Chattanooga. Uh, I was the eighth of nine children born to Frank and Lucy Payne. My dad worked at uh, D.M. Stewart factory there, and, uh, and my mom kind of helped out with uh, taking in laundry for people for years. And I tell people we were raised so poor that dad would set us in the car and hold up pictures of what we would have seen if we'd had any money to go anywhere. <laughs> and a lot of times revelation is born out of desperation. And uh, I was saved there. Uh, I had my third overdose of drugs. I used to deal drugs there in Chattanooga. I didn't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> I don't advertise that a lot, but before Jesus saved me, nobody in my family had ever been a Christian, uh, much less a preacher. And so uh, I got on drugs and alcohol and became a drug addict. And after my third overdose of drugs uh, in the hospital, I actually died there in the hospital in Fort Overthorpe, Georgia, right outside Chattanooga. And they pulled a sheet up over my body. And, uh, my wife uh, and uh, her sister, they were Pentecostal. And I didn't know what Pentecostal was, which they came the house when I was trying to drink beer and watch a football game and began to pray in this strange language. It scared me, you know. And, uh, and so I would leave and I would cuss them as I went out the door. But they were putting anointed cloths around my bed and under my pillow and in my clothes. And, and so in that hospital room, after they pronounced me dead, they were praying in, in the spirit, and uh, I lifted up out of my body and saw my body laying in the bed, and uh, Jesus stood between me and the devil because he had a purpose for my life, and he pulled the sheet back and touched me on my right foot, and he said, I'm going to raise you up, and you're going to carry the gospel around the world. That's uh, 52 years ago now that the Lord raised me up. And for the last 45 years, I've been full-time in the ministry carrying the gospel around the world. And uh, 
I, I just am delighted to be here with the audience today and to share with them a revelation that God gave me uh, about eight years ago after my, my wife, uh, Ruby, went to heaven after 47 years of marriage. And uh, I was at the lowest point of my ministry, Pastor Don, and the Lord gave me this revelation that ignited a passion in me to tell the body of Christ just exactly how the Lord wants to bless them and how the Lord wants to increase them and advance them and prosper them. And uh, it happened uh, in a home improvement store. You know, sometimes we think God speaks to us at church or speaks to us, you know, in the prayer closet, but a lot of times he just pre speaks to us in everyday life. And you see that in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus just taught revelation just outside, looking at birds and, and things of that nature. And so I was in the home improvement store and, uh, Ruby, my late wife and I, we always put in a garden every year because I like to see things grow. And so after she passed away, I didn't know if I'd put a garden in that year or not. I was really at a low point. She passed away in December, and this would have been about April of the following year. And I was walking through the home improvement store, and I noticed the seed display there. And when I looked at it, uh, the Lord asked me what this was. And I said, that is corn. And then he asked me what this was. And I said, that's cucumbers. Then he asked me what this was. And I said, tomatoes. And the Lord quickly corrected me. And nine out of 10 people that I asked that same question respond the same way. Nine out of 10 people, if I say, what is that? They will say corn because that's what I said. And the Lord corrected me. And he said, that is not corn. That is not tomatoes. And that's not cucumbers. That is a picture of corn, a picture of cucumbers and a picture of tomatoes. And he said to me, I'm tired of you and my body only having a picture of what I desire for them instead of having the product. And something ignited in me. I had a hunger. I became desperate to know what the Lord was saying. And in this process, in this journey, he said to me, until you understand the natural, you will never understand the spiritual. And he reminded me of all the times he used the natural to illustrate the supernatural. And, and so I went to the grocery store and this is corn. <laughs> this is a picture of corn and this is the actual product. What's interesting, Brother Don, is that God, in Genesis chapter 1, he created the first day, he created light. 
The second day, he divided the waters. The third day, he created seed. Now, he only created seed one time. And all of civilization hangs on the seed. Created it on the third day because there was going to come a time in history where the third day would be significant in changing civilization. So when he created this seed on the third day, in the second chapter, verse 8, he said he sowed that seed and then spoke to the earth and caused it to bring forth. So you see, God spoke to the seed and then he spoke to the earth. I'm holding in my hand a kernel of corn. I hope you can see it. This kernel of corn, now when it was created, God said, you are corn. Now this don't have to try to be corn. It is corn by the word of God. This seed, Pastor Don, goes all the way back to the third day of creation. This was created in a laboratory. It was created on the third day. And when somebody sowed it, it brought forth corn, just like I'm holding in my hand. And, and if you pull these shucks back here, this interesting side note, I always wondered what these were. There's one of these silks for every kernel on this corn. Wow, I did not know that. I didn't either until I began to study the natural. And that's how they're fed. And, and on, this, on this ear of corn, there's approximately 750 other Seeds, okay? Now, on, on, a, on a stalk of corn, there's two of these, okay? So this one seed here has three abilities. It has the ability to die. It has the ability to resurrect. And it has the ability to multiply. Now, when God created this, he said, there will be a seed in the harvest and a harvest in the seed. Let me uh, say that let, again. Let me say that again. Say that one again now. He said, there'll be a harvest in the seed and a seed in the harvest. He said, the fruit will bring forth and the seed will be in the fruit. All right, so somebody somewhere planted the kernel of corn. It brought forth two ears, 750 on each one. That's one kernel brought forth 1,500 kernels. Now, if you take these 1,500, Brother Don, and sow them just one more time, it becomes 2.2 million. Wow. I never thought, you know, you just don't think of things like this. Uh, Bishop, you just never don't think of, of things like this. I ate corn my whole life and never thought of it till eight years ago that when you walk through the supermarket, somebody 
sowed a seed that brought forth this harvest. Now this harvest here is twofold. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, it says that he gives seed to the sower, and then he multiplies the seed that is sown to bring forth bread for the eater and seed for the sower. So you see, this is, if, if we eat all of the seed, then we no longer have corn. So this is bread for eating, but it's also seed for sowing. And when this farmer, and I don't know this farmer because I went to the grocery store and bought this corn. I don't know this farmer. And I, I guarantee you that when he sowed this seed, he didn't realize this corn would end up in the ministry. But because a believer went and got this corn and brought it to the TV station today to share with the world, this corn is now in the ministry. And the reason it's in the ministry, Brother Don, is because it's in my hand. Amen. Amen. You see, this, this corn is in the ministry today because it's in my hand. It could have been in the hand of a drug addict. It could have been in the hand uh, you know, of an alcoholic, but instead it's in the hand of a believer. So it's in the ministry now, illustrating the word of God. See, and so, and uh, not only corn, uh, tomatoes and, and cucumbers, like, you know, that God asked me, they're still here. And in every one of these, the same principle is true. If I break this cucumber like this, there's seed inside this cucumber. See, now I could eat this one and take the seed out of this one and sow this and have more cucumbers because God put in the seed the ability to die, resurrect, and multiply. That's important. Threefold. To die, resurrect, and multiply. He put a hard shell on the outside of it to protect the heart or the life the endosperm inside the seed. Now, this seed, God spoke to this seed. He said, thus saith the Lord, you are corn. <laughs> You're corn now. You'll be corn 6,000 years from now. <clears throat> you will be corn. That's very important. This corn can't be watermelons. This corn can't be tomatoes. This corn can't be something other than, I believe in Chattanooga, Tennessee, at one point, God said to Don Clowers, you are a man of God. He said to James Payne, you are a man of God. I believe he spoke to us in our mother's womb, just like he did Jeremiah. Amen. I believe our destiny was ordained. I was ordained to be here today. You were ordained to be here today because when we were the seed in our mother's womb, God spoke to that seed. That's why God hates abortion. That's why every believer should be against abortion because God has a purpose for every seed. And when we sow our financial seeds, Brother Don, we ought to speak to our seed and give it an assignment just like God gave his seed an assignment. God gave this seed an assignment. Now, another exciting thing is not only did he speak to the seed, he spoke to the earth. 
In the earth, Brother Don, there are 17 different nutrients that activate this seed. There are 17 promises in Deuteronomy 28 in the covenant of Abraham. Now, this seed is anointed for multiplication. The soil is anointed for activation. But there has to be a connection. The seed has to enter the earth. The moment it enters the earth, it loses its identity. You can't see the seed. It's under the earth. It's not going to come out a seed. It's going to come out a harvest. It loses its identity and takes on a new identity the moment it goes into the earth. Now, when I began to study this, this was exciting to me, that scientists have actually measured the, the earth and they say that when the seed goes into the earth, the earth begins to vibrate. And the reason it does is these nutrients that are, that are laying dormant in the earth, they begin to move toward the seed. The seed begins to attract. There's three things in the earth, uh, potassium and phosphorus and nitrogen are the three most important things in the earth to bring forth the harvest. And these things begin to move toward the seed. You see, this seed can lay dormant. <clears throat> the oldest seed known to be planted was excavated out of Herod's temple in 2000, uh, in the year 2000, as they excavated Herod's temple, they found a date palm seed that was 2,000 years old, Brother Don. In 2004, they planted it. In 2014, they took date palms off of it. After thousand years that life was still in that seed to bring forth a harvest now all this is important in understanding and and i want you to know before we leave you'll understand that this is not uh you know this is not a message on how to grow corn or how to grow tomatoes or how to grow cucumbers this is a message of how to financially prosper how to increase your income well you know uh bishop the reason I wanted you to come, you know, you've, you've, I've heard you at numerous places teaching on this, and it has impacted me. Um, and I, I want people, you know, many times people sow their seed and don't understand what you're talking about. They don't understand what a seed does. And even just sitting here uh, already, I've learned some things, and I'm 78 years old, and I've planted gardens many times, and watched my dad, you know, when he had a farm, and um, in his later years, he had a farm, and I've watched him plant corn, and, and you know, I, I remember my daddy, you know, um, we were going in the barn, with the corn, and he said, now put this one over here, and, and he yeah. said, now put the best ones in this bin. I said, well, why are you going to put the best ones in the bin? He said, that's what we're going to sow next year. <laughs> and, and, and Bishop, in, in the 80s, and I know you're going to get to this scripture, but I just want to share this with you and the audience here for a moment. I was on an airplane in the 80s, <clears throat> and I, I was reading about the seed. Actually, I was reading Oral Roberts' book on seed time. And, and that was the way Oral Roberts said it, seed time. So I went to Genesis 8, 22, and, and it said, when the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, 
winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Now, I'm sure you're going to get to this scripture. And I don't want to take anything away from you. But I thought I had a revelation till I heard you begin to speak and minister. Because I kept reading that word seed time. And this was in the 80s. And I'd never heard anybody say what God said to me on that airplane. He, he, he just kept encouraging me to slow down. And so I did, and I thought, well, I'm slowing down, but I'm still seeing the same thing. Finally, finally, it hit my lightning fast mind. Uh, finally, it came seed, time, and harvest. Now, I, 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 this was in the 80s when it happened. I've heard multitudes of people say that um, now. I don't know. I guess everybody gets their own revelation at the same time, but I'd never heard anybody say it. And so I think people need to understand what you're talking about. When you talked about the seed goes into the ground and the ground is what activates that seed. Right. Uh, I, I, you know, and then you talk about the natural and the supernatural. I don't want to take away your time from this, but I just want our audience to understand this is something that every believer needs in their life. Now, I know I, 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 I took part of your time here to explain something that I wanted to say, that God is talking to some people right now. And so don't, don't leave. Don't say, don't say I, I don't want to hear that. You need to hear the revelation that God has given Bishop uh, Payne. Go ahead, Bishop. Uh, Brother Don, on the there is a prophecy on the front of every seed packet. Wow. There's a prophecy right here in small print. It says days to harvest 83. What that means is from the moment that seed enters the earth in 83 days, you'll have corn. Now, Cucumbers, there's a prophecy right here. I've got it circled. 55 days and you'll have cucumbers. There's one on the tomatoes. It's circled right here. 78 days, you'll have tomatoes. Wow. Now, these particular seeds were manufactured by Ferry Morris. Okay? I don't know them. I assume you don't know them, right? Do, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that if I sow these seeds properly, that in 78 days I'll have tomatoes? I do. do you, although you've never met Ferry Morris, you don't know anything about them, you believe that, right? I do, I do. Then why does the church have so much problem believing that if we sow finances into the kingdom, that it'll be given back, according to Luke 6.38, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Why does the church struggle with Malachi 3.10? If I bring my tithe and my seed. Now, you got to understand, the Bible is talking to farmers. 99% of the economy was agriculture. Okay, when Malachi 3.10 was spoken, it was spoken to farmers. A farmer brings his harvest. His, he brings animals or he brings produce 
And that's his tithe. That's his currency. All right. God said, when he does that, I'll open the windows of heaven. What, is, what does that mean? It means rain. That's what the farmer needs. He needs rain. And he said, bring your tithe and your seed or your offering. Then I'll open heaven and rain on your seed. And here's where a lot of Christians miss their harvest. They tithe, but they don't sow, or they sow and don't tithe. You see, connected, you have to bring your tithe, that opens the heaven. Then you bring your seed, and that causes rain to fall on your seed. Because, see, after the seed enters the earth, the, in, the nutrients of the earth move toward the seed. But then in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, here's what God said. The rain and the snow come down out of heaven to water the earth that it might sprout and bring forth bread to the eater and seed to the sower. See, not only does your seed, I, I'll give you an example in Genesis 26, in a famine, which means no rain, Isaac sowed his seed, and he got a hundredfold. He would have never got a hundredfold had it not rained. His seed broke the famine. His seed, and, and this is something I like to bring out, your seed will defy world conditions. It doesn't matter what your world is like. Brother Don, I was in debt all my life until 34 years ago. I was, I was $247,500 in personal debt. I was $767,000 in ministry debt. I was in Chicago. I was six months behind on my house payment. And I heard a preacher preach. And I tell you what, when he got to the place where he said, God is speaking to 120 people to sow a $1,000 seed, the Holy Spirit said in me, you're one of them. I immediately told the Holy Spirit, I don't have $1,000. I can't do what you're telling me to do. And then the preacher said, if you don't have it, you can fill out a card and you can send it when you get it. And if God don't supply it, you're not obligated. I said, man, that's a win-win. I can obey God and nobody ever give me a thousand dollars. So I, I, I don't have to pay it because nobody's ever given me a thousand dollars. And brother Don, I filled out that card. I put my real name on it. I put my real address on it. I left Chicago and went to Texas. I walked into a church and a woman ran up to me and grabbed me and started jumping up and down with me and said, I found you. She said, yesterday morning in prayer, God spoke to me to give you $1,000. And she gave me the check that broke debt from my life. I sent that check to the TV station in Chicago. And 12 months later, I paid everybody every dime I owed them. In the last 34 years, I've operated my personal life and my ministry life debt free. And it was that scene, Brother Don, that broke the spirit of debt out of my life. People do not realize the power of a seed, the power of a seed to change lives. And if you get this in your spirit, uh, we have, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of followers that follow us from all over the world, Ghana, Zimbabwe, uh, Lagos, uh, the, the United Kingdom, Ireland. They follow us, and we get testimonies every day because God gave me a word uh, uh, two years ago. 
I was driving in my truck and the Lord gave me a word, seedonomics. Seedonomics, that's a word's never been in the English language. I quickly had that word copywritten and trademarked because God gave that word to me and we have three books coming out, uh, volumes one, two, and three on seedonomics, exactly what we're talking to you about today. What God taught me about how to change your financial destiny. You know, uh, if uh, people sow seeds in the natural according to their appetite, I don't sow cucumbers because I don't like cucumbers. So consequently, I don't sow into debt because I hate debt. I sow into a debt-free lifestyle. When I sow my seed, just like God said, this is corn. I take that seed. I put it in the kingdom. I said, you're to keep me out of debt. You're to bring prosperity into my life. You're to bring increase into my life. I send you forth to accomplish what God said I could accomplish. And I tell you, for 34 years now, my seed has kept me out of debt. My seed has moved me into abundance. My seed, Brother Don, I've been on television uh, for the last 30 years all over the world, and it hadn't cost me one dime. The television time is given to me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, I just feel like shouting right here because television time is expensive. But God has given me the television time because I sold a $1,000 seed in a television station in Chicago. See, you don't ever know. A seed that has the ability to open the door to your destiny. Let me take you back to Chattanooga for just a moment. I'm 19 years old. I just got out of the hospital, went to church, got saved, and they had a visiting evangelist. You may even know him. It was Nelson Douglas. He was going to Haiti. I worked the same factory my dad worked at. I made $52 a week. My tithe was $5.20. It was in the month of November. I saved up. $20 to buy my little boy and my wife a Christmas gift. Brother Douglas was there. And I never really thought about this until God showed me the revelation of seed time and harvest. He said, I'm going to Haiti and I want to challenge you to sow a seed. He said, and I don't know how I knew it. He said, some of you have $20 in your pocket right now. And I thought maybe he saw it when I took it out and looked at it. I've got a $20 bill right here laying right here. And, and he said, some of you got $20. Boy, I folded that thing up real small and I put it way down in the corner of my pocket, put my hand on it. He said, God is telling you to give that. Brother Don, I knew I was supposed to sow that seed. I walked down, handed that man of God this seed and walked back. When I was going back to my seat, he stopped. He said, young man, come back here. I went back and stood in front of that man of God. Here's what he said, Brother Don. He said, your ministry and your music will go around the world. I never written a song. I never preached a sermon. I hadn't been out of Chattanooga very much. Wow. That seed opened the door to my destiny. Brother Don, I'm sitting in my office right now. There's awards all over the all over this, you know, uh, this bookshelf over here and all over my home, there's awards. I've written, I've, you know, I've had 77 number one songs. Uh, I've written songs for Jimmy Swaggart, uh, Mike Perky, Happy Goodman family, everybody. I've written songs for them. And every time I have a, 
uh, every time I'm given an award, I've won the Living Legend Award. I'm in, I'm in the uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, uh, I, I've just won all kinds of awards. And every time I accept one, my mind goes back to when I sowed that $20 seed and God opened the door to my destiny. I'm here today talking to the world because that man of God said, your ministry and your music will go around the world. Had I not sown that seed at that moment, had I not sown that seed in the in obedience to the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you or the world today. It was that seed that opened the door to my destiny. And, and we're talking to people today, and God's talking to you right now. I know he is, just like he talked to me, because he's been talking to you about a seed. He's been talking to you about sowing, uh, about releasing what's in your hand. You know, uh, the, the moment... I release what's in my hand. God releases what's in his hand. And, and, and let, me, let me just say some very important things right here about the seed. Why it was created on the third day. Because when God sowed that seed, it created a garden. And he created man, and he put man in that garden. He put seed in man. Because he wanted a family. He wanted a family that would worship him. He wanted a family that, that he could fellowship with. And so he put seed in man so that he could perpetuate a family. And that man sinned and was driven from the garden. But this did not take God by surprise because the Bible says that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. John 19, verse 41, it says, there was a garden where Jesus was crucified. <laughs> and in that garden was a tomb. And the reason Jesus was crucified in a garden because he was a seed. Galatians 3.16 says that Jesus was a seed. Now I'm going to tell you why hell and religion hates seed time and harvest. Because every time a believer sows a seed, it's a celebration of Calvary. Oh, hallelujah. Every time a believer sows finances in the kingdom of God, it's a celebration of the seed that God sowed so he could have a family. What started in a garden ended in a garden. Sin began in the Garden of Eden. Sin was abolished in the garden where the cross was suspended, where the tomb was. You see, just as you take this corn and you put it into the earth, Jesus was crucified and placed into a tomb. And they rolled a stone over against the door. Brother Don, have you ever walked outside and looked at your driveway and saw grass coming up through it? Have you ever looked at the concrete or the blacktop and you saw grass coming up through it? You see, that seed that continues to produce is called a perennial seed. You can't stop a perennial seed. It's a seed that is sown one time, but it continues to bring forth a harvest. It continues to bring forth a harvest. That's why the stone couldn't keep Jesus in the tomb. He was a perennial seed. He only had to be sown one time. When he was sown one time, he abolished sin. He abolished sickness. He abolished poverty. <clears throat> he abolished all these things. And the stone couldn't keep back that perennial seed. Jesus went in that tomb as a seed. He came out as a savior.
Hallelujah. He went in as a seed, but he came out as a harvest. And he's multiplied in you and I. The devil only had to worry about one when Jesus was on the earth. Now he has to worry about millions of us who have Jesus in us by the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the seed. And when we sow that seed, it's a celebration of what Jesus accomplished. That's why hell hates it. That's why religion distorts it. That's why it's been mis misrepresented is because of what it stands for. Well, I um, want to go back. I want to go back just a little bit now to the to the 19 years when you was 19 years old. I believe you said you were 19 years old. And I did I did remember Nelson Douglas. I didn't know who he was. I knew him. And but when you sowed that $20 seed, you you said you'd never preached a message in your life. You said you'd never written a song in your life. And now you've had 77 number one on the charts, and I think you've written over 2,000 songs, and, and many great artists have recorded your songs that you've written. Now, what I like to go back to is people would say, well, he's a talented man, and, and, and now he's a preacher, and so just because he can sing and play a guitar and he's a preacher, that's why all of this is happening to him. It's just because he's a preacher, because he's gifted to, with these gifts. And, and so that's why it's happening to him. So let me ask you again, do you, do you believe, I know you believe it, you just said it, you wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for that $20 seed. Now, people are listening to us right now, that's, that's my age, you're younger than me, and then we got people that's you're younger, and they will say, well, he was young. Now, how do people, how do people relate to that that's not in the ministry? You wasn't at the time. But you, 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 if I understood you correctly, you took your, the, the $20 that you were saving for a Christmas gift and you sowed that seed and, and God supernaturally has opened doors. You, you were like me. I'm from Chattanooga. I said, redneck. I didn't know anybody. My, my mother and dad had eight children as well, just like yours. And we come up poor and, and I didn't know, I didn't know about a lot of things that I know now. And, and let me just explain something. I don't want to take away from what you're saying because there's so many things about this third day that I want to hear about. But something similar happened to me when I was 15. You started in the ministry a little later than I did, but I was 15 and I knew I was called. And we'd been in church there in Chattanooga, and I don't know if you remember the Voice of Faith Temple on Rossville Boulevard. Well, that's where my parents went to church, and I went with them. Well, I was 15 years of age, and I had saved $25. Our story sounds similar, but I, I knew I was called into the ministry, but I didn't know how. I didn't know how to do none of it. And I, I got in the car and when I was with my parents and, and I had this $25 in my hand and I told mother, I said, Mama, I said, I'm supposed to give this money. Uh, I'm supposed to go, go back and give this money to the pastor. And she said, well, son, you've saved that money and you've saved that money. Um, you've been working hard and saved it. I said, I know, but I said, something inside of me is yeah. telling me to go back and do that. Well, well, Bishop, I never have, till you told that story right there, 
Gosh, help me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's when my destiny began. I, I didn't even... I, see, here I am, 78 years old. You're telling what happened to you that created your future. That's creating your future to come. I, I remember that just as well as anything when I got out in the car and I went to give that money and there's another person sitting beside me and said, no, you're saving that for something else. And, and I said... I just got to go do it. I just got to go do it. So I did, but I didn't think about it. I just left it and went on. And here I am now, 63 years later in the ministry, and you're telling me that seed that I sowed at 15 years of age created my destiny. You know, I say this, Brother Don, is your future cannot predict your seed. But your seed can predict your future. Wow. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You see. And that was not the only seed that I ever sowed. And and I, I'm telling you, I'm not here because I'm talented. I didn't play a guitar. I didn't play a keyboard. I never sung a song. I, I never preached a sermon. I, I'm just a 19-year-old drug addict and drunk that's never done one good thing in his life when Jesus found me. If I was looking for me, I wouldn't have found me if I'd been God. I would have passed me by. I was the worst person to be around. My family didn't even like me. They gave up on me. So I didn't have any talent. I didn't get saved out of a nightclub where I was a singer. I got saved off the streets of Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I had no talent. What you got to understand, and I say this a lot, is God taught me that his heart is moved by need, but his hand is moved by seed. God saw at 19 years old someone he could trust with a seed. I was willing to give my last $20. And, you know, the way faith is measured is not by what, you know, is left in your checking account. Faith is measured by what leaves your hand. I gave it all. Nobody knew that was my last $20. Not even my wife knew that was my last $20. But Brother Don, before I left that church that night, I had five $20 bills. People were drawn to me. They were drawn to me. After he spoke that word, they were drawn to me. And that's what people don't understand about sowing. Uh, just like that corn attracts the nutrients of the earth to bring forth a harvest, when you release a financial seed into God's work, it attracts people to you to bless you. And and you, <clears throat> you know, as as long as you look at your as long as you look at your resource, you will never connect with your source. That twenty dollars was my resource. But God was my source. <laughs> I didn't have talent, but he could give it to me. I, I didn't have ability, but he could give it to me. All he needed was a seed. The moment I released my seed, he knew he could trust me. And all oh, he's trusted me, Brother Don, millions have flowed through my hands in the kingdom since that night. You know, I'm not a reservoir. I'm not trying to collect as much as I can to save you know, I have this. I'm trying to be a, a channel where God can flow. Just like you, Brother Don, I know you. 
I, I know how you are. I know you. That wasn't the that wasn't the last seed that you sowed when you was 15 years old. Man, you've sown seeds all over the world in missions and around the world. That's why I love you so much. You've sown seeds in people's lives that were, you know, that would have not made it without you. And so <clears throat> God found two sowers in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Amen. Amen. Trust that he could trust. You know, God will never trust you with, with anything you can't sow. Pastor Bishop, you, you, you've never heard me tell this, but I was 19 and my wife was 17 when we got married. And we got married in Canada. My, my wife was Canadian. And uh, uh, we, after the reception, uh, you know, we got dressed and we'd gotten some money. I was totally broke, and, but um, they, they told everybody to bring money to our reception. My wife's an Italian, and so, boy, they brought money. Uh, it yeah. wasn't it more than I'd ever seen in my life at 19. And anyway, we, we stopped our first night in a little town in New York just out of Buffalo. We knelt down beside the bed. And I don't think you've ever heard me tell this. I've told it on, on my, my ministry time so many times. But we knelt beside the bed and we prayed and we made a covenant to each other. We'll always love God. We'll always love each other. And this is the covenant. Uh, finish of the covenant. We'll always tithe and give. We, we put them both. Tithe and give. Now, that's 59 years ago that we made that covenant. There's not, I can't say there's not been tough times. There have been a lot of tough times. But you know what? God's always, always supplied our need. Praise God. Because you had to see, <clears throat> Brother Don, let me say this for you here. Uh, <clears throat> people need to understand this. You cannot pray and get a harvest. Mm. You cannot fast and get a harvest. Mm. You cannot prophesy and get a harvest. You get a miracle, but you can't get a harvest. There's a difference in a miracle and a harvest. And too many full gospel people live from miracle to miracle. Wow. And they pray and the miracle don't happen, they get upset with God. But when he attached the law to the seed in Genesis 8.22, he leveled the ground and he said, there's a law attached to the seed from the you know, from the beginning of time to the end of time, there'll be seed time and harvest. There'll be cold and, and there'll be hot and there'll be summer and there'll be winter and there'll be day and night. As long as there's day and night and hot and cold and summer and winter, there's seed time and harvest. <clears throat> and so I tell people all the time, if you don't like your harvest, change your seed. You know, in, in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus was teaching his disciples the same lesson, he said, look at these birds. He said, they don't sow and they don't reap and they don't store in barns. <clears throat> that one statement let me know God wants me to have excess. He wants me to have barns to put my surplus. Because he said, they don't sow and they don't reap and they don't store up in barns. He said, but your heavenly father takes care of them. Now here's Christians that say, well, God takes care of the birds. He'll take care of me. You know, that's true if you don't mind living like a bird. Birds get up first thing in the morning, and all day long, they're looking for something to eat. They're searching here and there, worm here, insect here. 
God provided these things, but they work day and night just to eat. That's what birds do. But then he goes on to say, but you're much better than the birds. What he's saying, you have the possibility of sowing and reaping and having a barn to put your surplus in. Now, if you don't believe he's talking about money, go back up to verse 20. He says, no man can serve two masters. He not serve God and serve money. You know, money is a good servant, but it's a poor master. If you're controlled by money, you're going to be one of the most miserable people. He said, you can't serve God money. And then he goes on to say in verse 25, he said, take no thought of what you eat, what you drink, your body, what you put on. Don't, don't, you know, don't focus on that. He said in verse 33, seek the kingdom. Now, I'm going to say something very important here. In the world, in the natural world, everything operates on economics, supply and demand. The merchant supplies what you need of. You take the money and you purchase that. He replenishes it. That's economics, supply and demand. But Jesus over here is not teaching economics. He's teaching seedonomics. He says, economics are not going to control your destiny. Don't worry about economics, things you put on. What you're going to, how are you going to pay your bills? Don't worry about that. He said, seek the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Seedonomics. If you sow, you reap. If you sow more, you reap more. You have to let your seed control your destiny. He gives you seed. If you sow that seed, that seed will multiply. I had $20, Brother Don. It turned into 100 I didn't understand it. It just happened. But Jesus said that in his parable. He said, a man sows a crop, goes in, goes to bed, gets up tomorrow. He has a harvest. He don't know how it happened. Why? It's seedonomics. You see what I'm saying? And uh, have you ever, uh, most people haven't, uh, you know, ever, ever, you know, uh, read the motto of the, uh, of the National Agricultural Society. Here's what it says. Seeds provide the basis of which life depends. We must protect the foundation of the seed as a stable source for future generations. The National Agricultural Society understands that seed has to be protected in order to ensure future generations. The Bible tells us when it comes to the kingdom that our seed blesses three generations. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three generations were blessed by the seed procured by Abraham. You see, my kids are blessed, Brother Don. My two sons are blessed. My grandkids are going to be blessed because Grandpa was a seed sower. <laughs> now, they will have to continue that heritage in order for the blessing to continue to their kids. You see, anytime anyone quits sowing, the harvest stops. Brother Don, do you like corn? Do you like corn? Yes, I you, do. do. Do you like Yeah. Uh, here's a kernel of corn. Okay. If I could reach through the screen and give it to you, would you eat it? 
Well, no, I, I, I would cook it. <laughs> well, there you go. See, see, you, you would you would cook it and and you would eat it. Now, if what the Lord showed me, if you eat seeds that are meant for sowing, like this one, if I eat this, it'll leave a bad taste in my mouth because it's meant for sowing. It's only the cooked ones that are meant for eating. This one is meant for sowing. And every time God puts money, you know, uh, like this is a 20 right here. Now, people want to know more about how to turn that into this. <laughs> they want to know how to turn this into this more than they want to know how to multiply corn. Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 6 and going down uh, through verse 12, Paul, the apostle, is taking an offering. And during this offering, he switches to seed. He said, God gives seed to the sower to provide bread for the eater and seed to the sower. In other words, it says God's going to give you a harvest, but just like your grandfather told you, you got to pull out these seeds for re-sowing. You got to take the first fruits of that seed and put it in the kingdom. That's seed anomics. If I do that, brother Don, I won't fail. I may go through difficult times, but I'll come through that difficult times and get on the other side of that difficult time because I got seed in the ground. Now, people people go through tough times. Let me, let me say this to you. When you go through tough times, you need to keep sowing because if you don't sow in tough times, you won't reap when times get better. See, during the pandemic we went through, I kept sowing. I wasn't working, but I kept sowing. The reason I kept sowing is because I knew I was going to come out on the other side. I was going to come out on the other side and things were going to get better and I was going to reap. But if I eat all my seed in tough times, when I come into good times, I don't have a harvest coming. Uh, God said something to me one day uh, when he was talking to me about sowing. He said, son, I am not obligated to you beyond opportunity. And, and what that means is on the back of every one of these packages, Brother Don, there's a color-coded map right here on the bottom. And out beside it, it tells when you sow. That's giving you the window of opportunity. If you miss that, you got to wait an entire year till it comes back around. You see, and it's for every state in the United States. It's color-coded to tell you, if you want tomatoes, you got to sow during this time. Now, how that relates to the kingdom is I had an opportunity when I was 19 years old. You had one when you were 15 to sow a seed that was going to change your life. To sow a seed that was going to change my life. If I missed that opportunity, you missed that opportunity, we wouldn't be having this conversation. God's not obligated to us beyond opportunity. If you're watching us today and God's talking to you about a seed into Pastor Don's ministry, and, and what a great ministry it is. He's talking to you about a seed. He puts information on the screen for you. Holy Spirit's talking to you. He said, listen, 
If they could plant a seed and it changed their life, a seed can change your life. You see, he's talking to you. He's trying to change your life. He's trying to bring you. I don't care how old you are. You're never too old to be great. You're never too old to do great things for God. I, I know a woman who went to the mission field at 80 years of old, 80 years of age. God taught her how to paint. She sold her paintings and built a hospital. Why? She was a sower. She sold into Christian television. God sent her to the, to the mission field. 80 years old, she never painted before. God gave her a talent. She started painting paintings and built a hospital and then built an orphanage at 80 years of age. A seed changes everything. You can miss your destiny. You can tune. I, the other day I was praying, the Lord said, hey, son, son, my, my, my kids, they go to every seminar on how to walk on water. They read all the books on how to walk on water. Uh, they buy all the CDs on how to walk on water. He said, but they never got their feet wet. <clears throat> and so you can hear all the teaching that we do on seed time and harvest. You can hear all the testimonies that we give on what God did in our life, but he won't change your life. What's going to change your life is when you take what's in your hand and you put it in God's hand. When you take your seed and you put it in the kingdom, you activate seedonomics. Your seed builds a bridge between your lack and God's supply. Your seed connects your resource to your source. That's how I stayed debt-free for 34 years. I connected with my source. And God's talking to people right now. Uh, Pastor Don, I know God's talking to people right now. And I hope you'll invite me back for another program because we just scratched the surface on seed time and harvest today. But God's talking to people right now about a seed. Let me tell you something. A thousand dollar seed broke the spirit of debt off my life. And then God later taught me that he counts by thousands. Psalms 50, he owns cattle on a thousand hills. Ezekiel 47, he measured the spirit thousand increments at a time. Second Peter, he said, a thousand years are as a day with the Lord. He counts by thousands. There's something about a thousand dollar seed. Every time I've sown a thousand dollar seed, something supernatural happened. Just yesterday, I wrote a check for a thousand dollars to a ministry that I know because I have a need. I, I, I named that seed. I put the assignment on my check for that seed. This is what I need. That seed is on its way to birth that season of harvest in my life. And God's talking to people. He's talking to you about becoming partners with Pastor Don. Pastor Don didn't ask me to do this. I'm asking you right now because the Holy Spirit's leading me to tell you that you're at the right place. It's the right time. And there's a moment right now of opportunity for God to change things. The widow in 1 Kings 17, when Elijah came, she had a window to change her situation. She took that cake and made it a seed. When she made it a seed, God got in her meal barrel and changed everything. God can do that for you, and he wants to today. Amen. Wow. Wow. I mean, Bishop, you have to come back. Oh, I promise I want to. Please, you've got to come back. This is this has touched my heart <clears throat> so much now. It's all I can do to keep from, from the tears flowing right now. Because I know the Lord has used you, and I didn't know that you were going to be saying the things you've said that you were, you're closing with. I didn't know you were going to do that. All I know is when I spoke with you just just the other day, and 
and we were an hour on the phone and you were talking to me even much more depth that you've talked to me right now about the seed and then when when you said that about your seed you you helped me go back to my my beginning and and I've said several times already just a little redneck from Tennessee that didn't know how to preach didn't know how to do anything and God told me to plant that seed I agree with you I believe there are people right now that God is speaking to Brother Don, he's talking to people today to break the spirit of debt off their life. They've been in debt. They're behind on bills right now. Uh, there's a woman that, that I ministered to down in Texas who had a mortgage company, and she was getting ready to close the doors. I said, why don't you try sewing? She started sewing. She opened up four more brokerages since that time. You see, your seed will attract customers to you. You don't have to close your business down. Sow a seed. You don't have to lose your home. Sow a seed. I was in Dallas, Texas at Daystar. The man that drove me, he was getting ready to go to the bank. He's behind on his house payments. They're getting ready to kick him and his and his, his wife out of the house. I said, why don't you watch me tonight? Do exactly what I tell you to do. I challenge people to sow $1,000. He called. He said, I don't have it, but I'm going to give it. Somebody called and gave it for him. He went down to the bank the next week. They said, we got to figure out a way for you to keep your house. They reduced his payments. Him and his family still in that house because they sold a $1,000 seed. Let me tell you something, folks. It doesn't mean anything to me. Listen, what you do is not going to change my life. It's only what I do that changes my life. I, I'm, not, I'm not asking you for an offering day because I'm going to do a portion of it. Listen, I'm telling you what to do to change your life. We're not here trying to get something from you. I'm trying to get something to you. I, I, don't, need, I don't need what you have. God needs for you to put it in the kingdom so he can bless you. Don't miss this opportunity because it may never come again. But right now, it's coming to your life and it can change your life. I want to bring up something you said to me in, a, in a, our conversation the other day. And I've never, ever heard anybody say this. And I don't want to take away from this moment because I know God's speaking to some people right now. They're in debt. They're, they're, they're overwhelmed with finances and some of the people through the pandemic have never recovered and you're listening to this right now but you said something to me the other day that struck me and my wife and I have been talking about this since we talked it's been over a week ago on the phone and I never heard you or anybody else say this but you told me you said brother Don you said don't sow into a non-sower and I, right. that, that got my attention. Can you, some of the people that's not sowers, that I know God's talking to, or that have sown into other sowers, can you just say that one more time and maybe expand it just before we, we finish here? Brother Don, if I take my seed, even this, I'll just use this as an example, I take this corn seed and I grow corn, and I take that corn over and I give it to my neighbor. And my neighbor eats that corn. He doesn't re-sow. My harvest stops right there. If I take this money and I give it to a homeless person on the street and they take that money and we should take care of the poor, but 
if they take that money and they don't re-sow part of it, my harvest stops right there. But if I sow into you, Brother Don, I know your ministry. You're sowing around the world. In the Philippines, my seed will be in the Philippines because I sow in you. Every life you touch, my fingerprint will be on that life because I put a seed in your hand. You see, I don't, I want to be blessed around the world. So I sow into sowers. I sow into television ministries that reach the world because every person touched by that television ministry, it has my fingerprint on it. See, that's the reason you sow into sowers and you refuse to sow into non-sowers. Your harvest stops with that person. I want my harvest to continue. Well, when you explained about your children a few minutes ago, <clears throat> they've got to keep up. They've got to keep sowing for this blessing to remain on them. And exactly. I, I, I just want you to close and then pray for the people that's, uh, that feel like they can't sow a seed, the ones that, that are viewing and want to do that. Or maybe they don't see how they can. They can do it the same way. You know, you said you heard the preacher in Chicago. Yep. They can do it the same way with us. And and again, I, I just want people to be obedient. And I want you to just close with the, the thought of how to sow that seed. When in your mind you're saying, there's no way. I'm on Social Security or I'm on this or I'm on that. And I have no way of, of getting this. You've explained about the seed so well. I mean, I, I, I can't improve on anything you've said and wouldn't even try. But I want you to just close with encouragement and a prayer for people that, number one, that is going to do this and those that feel like they can't because they feel like they're locked. Well, I, I wish I could tell everybody that you could get a harvest without a seed, but that's not possible. You can get a miracle, but you can't get a harvest. And you need a harvest. And the only way to get a harvest is to sow a seed. And I really believe this. There's never a day in your life where you won't have a seed to sow. I recall hearing the story about Brother Kenneth Copeland in an oil Roberts ministry years ago. All he had was the ink pen, and he put it in the offering. And look at what God has done in that man of God's life today. He's touched the world because God saw a sower. You see, if, if God's talking to you about $1,000, and I know he is, he's talking to several. I, I, would, I would venture to say he's talking to several hundred people right now about sowing a $1,000 seed into Brother Don's ministry to break that spirit of debt. Uh, I believe he's talking to you about becoming a monthly partner. And right now, it don't fit in with your economics. Forget economics. God will help you do what he tells you to do. You see, he told me to sow a $1,000 seed in Chicago, and I didn't have $20. But I went to Texas, and he provided the 1000 You understand what I'm saying? He'll never tell you to do something that he won't give you the ability to do. He's waiting for you to step out and make the decision. And what I want to pray for today is that God will help everyone that's listening to my voice right now to make that decision, to use that information on the bottom of your screen. And I'm going to say the same thing to you that preacher said to me uh, 34 years ago. If God don't provide it, you're not obligated. But I got news for you. He's going to provide it. Father, 
I thank you for this time. I thank you for the opportunity to present this gospel. Now, Lord, don't let people miss this moment of opportunity. Those that you're talking to right now, several hundred you're talking to, Lord, to become partners. Lord, several hundred you're talking to about sowing that one-time gift. Lord, if they have to put it on the credit card, Lord, whatever they have to do, don't let them miss this moment of opportunity. Let them use whatever means possible to obey you. And Lord, as I stretch my hands out, I release the anointing that you've placed on my life to multiply this seed 100-fold. In the name of Jesus, I break the spirit of debt. I break the spirit of lack. And I send blessings to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Brother Don, I feel the Holy Spirit flowing out to everyone that wants to obey the Lord. Do it now. Do it now. In Jesus' name, amen. The anointing of God is on you right now. The anointing of God is flowing through you right now. And don't listen to that negative voice. Listen to the voice of God. Because this is your destiny. This is your future. And your seed determines your future. I just heard Bishop... Uh, Payne say that just a few minutes ago and this is the word of God and he told us how the seed was produced the third day before man was created and then man became a seed this was explained so much and then he said it's not economics it's seedonomics God gave him a word that's not even in the English language he copyrighted it and and trademarked that name because God implanted it. It was a seed that God put in him. And now he has preached this and ministered all over the world and multiplied, multiplied thousands of people. Their life has been changed. And God, I said in the beginning that this was life-changing. Tonight would be life-changing. I had no idea what he was going to say or how he was going to say it. But I know it's life-changing right now for somebody. And I ask you, be obedient to God. Do what God tells you to do. And watch your future change. Watch doors open. Watch miracles begin to take place. Watch your children. Sow a seed for your child. Sow a seed for your child if they're lost, if they're not saved, or if they're backslid or they're away from God. Sow a seed for them. And I know God will do what He said He will do. All right, I'm leaving it into your hands and believing that you're going to be obedient and there's no pressure. You just, as Pastor uh, Bishop James said just a minute ago, he said, if it didn't come, then don't, don't be concerned about it. But he put his faith to work. He sent $1,000. Somebody in Texas gave him $1,000. Not because he was a preacher, but God did it because he obeyed the word. And if you'll obey the word, God will do the same thing for you. Bishop, thank you for being with us. I I can't tell you enough how you've blessed me. And I know our audience has been blessed, but you've just blessed me more than you'll ever know. Brother Don, one final word. God is the Lord of the harvest. Man is Lord of the seed. You control your destiny by the seed that's in your hand. Wow. Well, this has been 
so powerful. And again, I want to say thank you, Pastor and Bishop, for being with us. You have ministered to so many people. And we're going to talk and schedule to do this again so that people can understand the power of a seed and how a seed will change your life. And as you said so many times or, or over and over, you can pray for a miracle, but a seed will bring you a harvest. And that's what we all want is a harvest. Once again, I want to say to you, you be obedient to God. Thank you for tuning in with us. And you that's watching on Facebook, uh, you on Roku, you that's on to Apple TV, Android TV, Cross TV, uh, all the different apps that we're on, uh, just tell somebody to watch the same thing that you're watching and let them be blessed. Well, God bless you. And I hope to see you again soon.